Hi, guys. Welcome back to What's Streaming. This is episode seven, seven weeks, not straight, but seven weeks full of content from us. That's beautiful. I'm joined here again by the one and only Josh. How you doing, Josh? Hello, mate. I'm really good in it. Yeah, that. <laughs> uh, t- today uh, is something a little bit more laid back. Um, it's not going to be as structured. Uh, we're just going to kind of talk about the MCU, our experience with experiences with it, thoughts on stuff if we feel like it, theories, things we'd want, castings, who knows. Oh, but to, to kind of kick it off, uh, to give a little bit of backstory about myself for anybody listening. Uh, I, I have been an avid Marvel fan for years. Uh, I'm 21 now, and I've been... Uh, engrossed in the Marvel Universe since I was uh, four. Uh, I luckily was able to pick up reading and uh, comprehension at a younger age. So my introduction to reading and learning how to comprehend things was actually comic books. And it happened to just be Marvel comic books because uh, I loved the X-Men movies when I was little. That was my introduction to Marvel was the the OG X-Men trilogy alongside Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. So the first thing I did whenever I realized I could understand stories was to pick up comic books and start reading them. And uh, it's always been Marvel. Uh, I still read Marvel comics to this day. And it's been a beautiful journey. But the journey with Marvel Studios started in 2008. Or was it 2008, right? 2008, yeah. Yeah. Um, At that point, you know, I had... I want to say I probably had like two boxes full, two cardboard boxes full of uh, comics and, you know, their little bags and Iron Man was coming out. And I was really, really excited because, you know, when I, being around all the kids when I was younger, it was like Spider-Man, it, it, Spider-Man, Wolverine and Hulk. Right. That was Marvel's big three at the time that was plastered on all merchandising. And it was all the same. I forgot the artist's name. But it was all by the same artist, and people were recognize uh, those kind of designs when they see them because they're very shadow heavy. And a lot of people still have the big sprawling Marvel poster with all the characters by that artist, um, and that and that was Marvel's big three at the time. But a lot of people didn't know about Iron Man, so when I go to school and I'd be like, "Oh, you see, they're doing an Iron Man movie," everybody'd be like, "Who's Iron Man? Is Spider Man going to be in it?" <laughs> be like, "I don't think so." But that'd be cool. Uh, so yeah, I, I went and saw Iron Man uh, opening weekend with my dad. And that kickstarted what I didn't know would turn into what we have now, which is absolutely mind-boggling. I was already mind-blown that we were getting live-action Iron Man in the first <laughs> place. Uh, but to see it turn into this, uh, the biggest film franchise in the history of cinema is pretty, pretty crazy. because. For years and years of reading, I never would have thought we'd see the characters that we've seen in live action and on screen. And I remember thinking back when the first Avengers movie was coming out, I was like, I can't believe this is happening. Like, we're going to get to see this happen on camera. And now it's at a point where it's like anything, anything is possible. And I feel I feel blessed and I'm always thankful for uh, Marvel Studios because there's a lot of people out there who have the same experience as me uh, when it comes to Marvel and, and starting with the comics way before the MCU was even a thing. And 
uh, I'm thankful that I live in a time period where I can see these things uh, play out. Uh, like I've grown up with Marvel Studios. It has been such a big pillar of my life almost. Um, it's now like it's now a tradition that I make sure I see any Marvel movie opening night. I have not missed an opening night Marvel movie since Winter Soldier, I think. I didn't see Winter Soldier opening night. Um, so it's been a while. It's been quite a while since I, I've missed any of that. But Marvel Studios as a whole has has pushed me to the point where I am now. Um, I don't think I'd be with Streamer even in, in, in the film uh, press industry if it wasn't for Marvel Studios, which helped kickstart my love of films in general and, and, and push me to, to, you know, look far and wide for, you know, the best films, TV shows possible. I think for me, my, I think I, that, well, maybe mine is the comics because we all know I, how much I read comics. Oh, I mean, dude, I've never seen anybody read more comics than you. I mean, it's I all day, every day. It it, is. It's not in your hands, right? And you're on, say you're on the bus or you're on the train, right? On the it's, phone. Uh, I've not got a comic right now. It's it's. I'm shaking. I've got the shakes. Um, for me, obviously, I was brought up on watching the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man films and the X-Men films, just like you said. Um, and a lot of it I owe to my mum. My mum absolutely loved those X-Men films. Yeah. And obviously, she introduced me to them and. I can't remember exactly what the first film I saw in cinemas was because I think a lot of the earlier MCU stuff we watched on DVD mm. um, and it wasn't until about Thor, the Avengers, where it became like a a must that we went to the cinema because um, it, it was sort of like a, fa- a family thing as well. Um, now it's very much, it's a shame really because she'll only watch the films she she won't watch anything on disney plus and i think that's it's wild um but yeah so it, the the first film of the mc obviously i saw iron man in cinemas um and then there's a there's a few gaps in the middle but it is down to i think without those x-men films especially i think that's where my my interest for these these comic book films and these these stories came to life um so yeah um i think as well um i always love mentioning this about 20 2013 was when i became really invested mm-hmm. um i think agents of shield was just starting at the time yeah um and the Sony Spider-Man universe was at a stage where they were talking about developing their own cinematic universe. So that was another thing to be excited about. So I I was watching a lot more YouTube and, and discovering about all these other stories that are, that that Marvel could be adapting. Um, and YouTube was like emergency. Awesome. Um, Seven web heads. That was it was all I watched um, about tw- being 12, 13. Um, and from then, every every bit of Marvel I've I've eaten up. Um, 
So yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, my mom actually still to this day prefers to watch uh the X Men movies over uh the MCU movies. Uh, she yeah, my mom really really likes those movies. I remember back when X uh, X three came out, uh, Last Stand. Um, my grandma had a friend who worked at Burger King, and she went up to Burger King. And she had her friend give her a bag full of one of each toy that was in the, the set for the promotion. And it was the best day of my life. And my favorite was always uh, the, um, the Nightcrawler uh, toy because he's always been my favorite. Uh, but actually, where's it at? <laughs> Speaking of favorites, I'm not pulling out the one you think this time. Here's one I made earlier. Oh. Yeah, you can't see it very well. It's a Daredevil comic. Um, Daredevil, first of all. Uh, Daredevil, from the beginning of my relationship with comics, Daredevil has always been kind of the one that I've related to, and he's always been my favorite. Uh, I grew up an Irish Catholic uh, boy, and Matt Murdock also happens to be an Irish Catholic boy. Um. One main difference about us, though, I can see. Uh, I can see he cannot through his eyes, but he can see better than I can somehow. Um, but but Daredevil in general, and 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 I'll I'll get to the point of talking about the Netflix show and and how how he involves in the MCU. But Daredevil as a whole, I think is one of the most interesting Marvel characters uh, that's ever existed because purely on the fact that he, he lives on a no kill rule, but he's killed people. And it's not the same no kill rule of like that Batman has or that Spider-Man has. Right. Um, Because those people have not killed people. Daredevil has a no kill rule because he has killed people especially in his younger days before he fully donned daredevil um when he was training with his master stick he he accidentally killed some people um in the middle of a fight so he realizes the danger and i will defend it till the day i die a character that has a no kill rule versus a character that does kill will always be more interesting and complex uh shout out the scene in daredevil season two between uh the rooftop scene with him and the Punisher. You know which one I'm talking about, Josh? Oh, yeah. I know the one. <laughs> Don't tell me. You, did you have not seen the Daredevil show? I've seen like half of season one. I have oh been I've been ridiculed by... You should be. I, I, I will watch it eventually. Please. Even if it ends up not being canon, you still got to watch it. See, I, I think that's what put me off watching it. Um, so... So, yeah. it, it does it, it's just such it's a one of the best superhero stories put on film television altogether but if it, it i was... if i watch daredevil do i have to watch all the others or no okay um i mean maybe season three you could maybe catch up on the defenders but even at the beginning of season three they kind of give you not a recap but kind of do a little flashback of where matt's at at that point in time because defenders takes place between season two and three Okay. But no, the the basis of the rooftop scene is, is the pun. He Daredevil goes after the Punisher because he's just appeared and he's starting to kill a bunch of bad guys, and Daredevil is like, you can't, like, you can't be killing people like that. 
So like Punisher gets them chained up and they just have this yelling argument about whether it's okay to kill these people or not. And it's really, really beautiful. And there's a quote from it that I think the Punisher says that always stuck with me. And he, Daredevil is pretty much just telling him like, you can't like, you're just as bad as them if you continue to do this. Like there's still a glimmer, like even if there's a 0.01% chance that these people would turn heel or just flip and, and do the right thing finally. You have to give them that chance. You can't take that chance away from them. And the Punisher rebuttals and pretty much says, the difference between you and me is you hit them and they get back up. Or I'm, I'm, I'm messing it up now. With great power. With comes... great power comes something afterwards. But he says, whatever Daredevil does, and then he goes, but I hit him, and they stay down. And I think that's super duper beautiful, especially when talking about the, the drastic differences between someone like the Punisher and uh, Daredevil. And yeah, yeah, speaking of the show, um, one of the best adaptations ever of a comic book character. Um, it, doesn't sh- it doesn't grab really hard at a bunch of the comic storylines to where like, it's almost a one-to-one adaptation. There's a lot of inspiration. They bring in like a bunch of the characters, obviously, but um, seeing Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio be able to return in the MCU as these characters is amazing. Absolutely amazing. Uh, These characters, these people were born to play these characters. Uh, There will never be another Daredevil like Charlie Cox. There will never be another Kingpin like Vincent D'Onofrio, even though we got the, dumbest reveal of the kingpin i think um for someone of a character of that level they're just like bad bad picture kingpin was just like <laughs> just standing there um oh with um i can't remember her name but yeah kate's mom uh eleanor eleanor, eleanor yeah bishop. eleanor bishop yeah <laughs> yeah no like it was <laughs> it was so goofy but i mean i'm, I'm happy about it because we're getting Vincent D'Onofrio and Echo. We're getting him in Daredevil Born Again. And we're getting Charlie and Echo. And obviously Charlie in uh, Daredevil Born Again. I think it's from a... When there's been so many characters that have been recast from different... I'll, I'll, I'll use the word universes lightly. Because we, we still don't know if if Marvel is planning on keeping the history of these actors portrayal of the characters yeah um it is such an interesting choice to keep the netflix characters the same because i i full i fully believe there will not be a single returning x-men actor oh no um obviously I mean, yeah. excluding well, um we got the one already yeah and then i think i think i think it's pretty likely that maybe in secret wars we could see a huge Jackman. Yeah, I, I feel I, like a huge I don't think Jackman it's out of the cameo. question. I, I don't. I feel like a huge Jackman cameo at this point is more likely than not for something in the multiverse. But I, I wouldn't want it to be anything more than a. He's here. He's gone. Yeah. I, I you know something like that. But yeah, no, I don't. I don't see. And these and these and those actors and actresses, I think, played their parts well. Um, yeah. In in the X Men franchise, but. I don't see any of them returning. The only person I would really like to see return is 
Uh, I forgot his name, but he played a uh, young Nightcrawler. Yeah, um, Cody Smith McPhee, something like that. Yeah, um, I really, really liked him as as a young Nightcrawler, and I would I would be okay if they just wanted to bring him over. Other than that, though, I mean, got a fresh start. I think that they're, they're obviously waiting a bit to do mutants again yeah. to kind of let the dust settle from the monstrosity that Dark Phoenix was and Apocalypse and New Mutants. Apocalypse was all right. I think there's there's there are really unredeemable elements, mm. uh, notably the um the scene with Magneto and and Quicksilver, and it's like we're like a family some something like that i can't remember what he says but yeah. i just remember like wanting to rip my eyes out the um, whole movie one made me want to rip my eyes out simply because the portrayal of apocalypse but again i'm a comic nerd right somebody that hasn't really read a lot of x-men comics i could see it not being a big deal oscar isaac did a fine job with what he was given but like dude apocalypse was like shorter than most people in the yeah. movie apocalypse in the comics is like hulk size like he is gigantic and like huge like this dude is a monster like this dude could go hand to hand with the hulk and like then we got in the movie we got little short dude played by oscar isaac which you know it's fine but then they followed they followed it up with uh days of future past which is um i know it was the other way around was it the other way around yeah because uh days of future past's post-credit scene oh, was yeah. And, and then, yeah yeah because days of future past reset the timeline so then it went into yeah. the new timeline with apocalypse yeah. well before it they had the second best x-men movie um like x-men teen movie because i won't count logan as an x-men movie but yeah uh i think the the I'd call it a prequel series because um, I'm, I'm going to go back to like what got me into obviously films. First Class and Days of Future Past are the f- t- two of my favorite comic book movies of all first, time. First Class is my favorite X Men movie. It that is, is so it's, good. I can re- it's so rewatchable. It's, I think I was very lucky. This so 20th Century used to love the same sort of release window for x-men films and it would always be that for my birthday we'd go and watch the new x-men film so obviously what was it 2011 2014 yeah 2011 was first class i believe um and um that's obviously the x the is because of x-men that that i have that connection to to superheroes mm-hmm. um but yeah first class and days of each past are really really good uh, and it is a shame that for the two really good films that you have in that series you also have the two really bad x-men mm-hmm. films mm-hmm. um and especially dark phoenix like what Dark. What? Oh my gosh! You know what went like, on there. Uh, a lot of it, and I remember reading about it at the time. A lot of Dark Phoenix's problems came from having to rewrite last minute. Because if I believe, Dark Phoenix was actually supposed to include the scrolls, yeah, one way or the other, but Captain Marvel came out right before it, and they didn't know that Captain Marvel was going to have scrolls in it. Yeah. 
so then once that happened they were like we have to we like we're gonna get like comparisons people are gonna get confused yeah like we can't do this so they had to like rewrite a lot of the movie that included scrolls all because Captain Marvel came out. So it may have been a better movie before the rewrites. We'll never know. Well, it, it was going to be a two-part story. Yeah, that, was it, it was. It yeah. was. It was going to be a two-part story. And for all we know, it could have actually been finally a good live-action Dark Phoenix storyline. Um, but it wasn't. No. It was, it, it, was, it was honestly... No, it's the worst X-Men movie. Yeah. I, I, I genuinely... I, I think I'd put the, a five it. They train... No, it's not even a train. The the transport vehicle scene. Oh, I'm losing my voice. The scene where Thingy shows up, where Gene shows up, and it's all like it's I can't all, describe yeah. it. It's been a while since I saw the film, but that that scene's really good. They threw it in the trailer. It has, it has its moments and stuff, but I don't know. I also didn't like the way that they portrayed the Phoenix as. Uh, I don't like the way that they wrote and it, jessica chastain is amazing she's a great actress and i don't blame her for anything that's happened but i don't like the way that they portray the phoenix force the personification of it at least in, in that movie um i don't know the phoenix force is such a big deal in marvel and i think a lot of what the x movies have always gotten so wrong about the phoenix force is they didn't have the benefit of having all the other Marvel characters in the universe have to be a part of it. It was always secluded to just the X-Men, which again, the Phoenix Force and the Dark Phoenix Saga is such a, is at the heart of it an X-Men story. But the Dark Phoenix and the Phoenix Force as a whole is such a huge deal that it, it it's an event. Yeah, It's an event. Like it, when we down the line eventually do one way or another, we will get the Dark Phoenix storyline in the MCU. Um, I have no doubt that it will be a gigantic crossover event. And the way that the Avengers movies are big crossover events for the whole universe now, I don't doubt that they'll do the same thing for some of the X-Men movies too. Um, but yeah, I was really, really disappointed with with Dark Phoenix. Um, and I and I got complete confidence that we'll make up for it, but we got a while before they even try to do Dark Phoenix because we got to set up a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm sort of glad they've taken a a, a break from from um, the mutants because I th I think the it is the same the same effect has been had with the Fantastic Four. Obviously, what is it was it 2015? Fantastic Four came out or 2014? Yeah set obviously by the time we get the film it will have been i'm trying to do the maths it's Almost been 10 years it'll be nine ten years yeah. yeah and i think that's i don't think it'll be nine ten years until we get <clears throat> the the mutants in the yeah. mcu but i think having these extended periods of of nothing will really benefit both the audience reaction and the actual, it gives them time, yeah, to develop these stories and 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 plan basically, um, rather than when when the merger happened and Marvel Studios just fast tracking an X Men film, it, it would it would make. Do you know what? It could have been a good film, but I I as much as I wanted the X Men in the MCU, then I I didn't want them to rush it. Um, and I'm I'm sort of obviously with with what's been announced, 
I can I can say, yep, yeah, I'm ready for the X Men after after the I can't even remember what the saga is called. Um, the multiverse, the multiverse, the multiverse saga, yeah. Um, and I'm I'm ready for the the Fantastic Four. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's quite exciting. Um, obviously, it's a it's a shame Spider Man isn't fully immersed, but Sony's doing their own thing, and and we we are able to get Peter Parker in the films. But we've got two big two big Marvel families on top of what we've already got, and I think yeah. I, that's plenty for now. Um, so yeah, it's, it's crazy to think about that. We're literally going to have the Fantastic Four and. Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. Like when I think about those, I'm like, yeah. oh, we're gonna get all the characters we love. But then I'm like, wait, the Fantastic Four are gonna be in it too. And like it, it's so crazy to think about that because we haven't even seen them yet, but they're gonna be in it. Yeah. It's gonna be oh my gosh, it's actually gonna be so crazy to see the Fantastic Four in the MCU. Like that's such that's Marvel's first family. That is that's the yep. the the first team in Marvel. Like Oh, I'm so excited. I want to, oh, I, I'm so, so excited for Fantastic Four. I have just remembered, well, I do own, let me try and find them. I do own comics, um, but the, the, the very first comic I bought, see, my comics are in the worst place. <laughs> I can't, I can't see them, but I do have Civil War 1 and 2, like the, the volume, whatever you want to call it. Of the first Civil War? Both I have Civil War one and, and two. Oh, okay. Um but I do I remember in two thousand and eight, obviously I'd gone to Disney World and, and Universal and I can't remember when the second Fantastic Four film came out, but obviously mm. that must have been like my favourite at, at that time. I think it, I think Rise of the Two thousand and seven was two thousand and seven, yeah. And I'd I'd bought uh, a comic I bought a Fantastic Four comic. I could not tell you what issue, what series. I just know I bought one and it had the scrolls in. So there's a little fun fact. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I have actually bought a comic before um, and read one. So um, proud moment. Yeah, I um, I don't, I don't even remember. God, what was my first comic I ever bought? God, I want to say it was, it might have been, no, I don't think it was out at that time. The first comic I can remember buying is Marvel Zombies 2. I forgot what issue it was. It's somewhere in here, but I don't want to look for it. But it's Marvel Zombies 2, and it has zombie cap on the front. Um, speaking of Marvel Zombies, yeah, we're getting a show of that, which is beautiful. Um, I am so excited for that. It was... EVMA. Oh, my God. Ah! It was I, one, it was genuinely one of my favorite what if episodes. I wish they would bring I don't think they are unless they decide to do it at a later point, but I wish they would bring Robert Kirkman in for the show as well. Um Ooh. because I don't know if you knew this, Robert Kirkman wrote the original Marvel Zombie stories. Oh shit. Yeah. So, and that was way before the Walking Dead show was ever a thing. This is when he was just known for making the Walking Dead comic. Yeah. Um so yeah, he was brought on to write um, the Marvel Zombies stories. And I think there was three. I think it, or it may have been Marvel Zombies 1 and 2. And then the third one had a had a, a subtitle. Um, but yeah, no, I wish they would bring Robert Kirkman on for the actual show. 
um, especially now that it's going to be TVMA. Uh, he could kind of go crazy with it. Uh, really excited for that. I'm really, really excited for uh, what if season two? Yeah, it's two. But we know there's a third on the way. Um, I really hope they start to tie what if more, especially since it's so multiversal based. I hope they tie what if more into the multiverse saga. Yeah. Like, it would be really cool if what if season two, like at some point, like there's a cane. Um, because they've not really said anything about season three yet, but it'd come out in 2024. So it, it literally puts it perfectly in that area with, with Secret yeah. Wars on the way. But I'd, I, I wouldn't mind it if it was a more, um, rather than having a different what if episode, obviously still keeping that idea of different, different universes and, and loads of interconnected stories, but have one overarching plot, sort of like what they did in the second half of yeah of season one, but have it as a more I don't know the word serialized. Yeah, serialized. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and a bit more connected, people popping up and having an actual like season three, giving it a subtitle and making. That's what it, I was saying. Yeah. yeah. Like give, give um, it a subtitle. Because I think season one only rest upon the idea of, of what they can do with the show um whilst also still referencing back to those the the comic stories um because yeah. I, I assume season two is gonna play a bit similar to how season one did um yeah i think we'll get a lot of i think we might get like a sequel episode or two in season yeah. two as well and they've obviously with marvel zombies they've shown they're not afraid to expand on these universes separately mm-hmm. um and it just seems marvel are moving more into animation um which is great so there is there's so much they could do um that, that captain carter show could be animated for all we know could be yeah um yeah no marvel studios is really really ramping up the animation to the point now where i mean we got their own panel at comic-con <laughs> this year instead of it just being on the regular um on the regular stage uh which is really really awesome because you know we got x-men 97 we got spider-man freshman year uh marvel zombies what if um and those are all really really fun things to look forward to and i like the idea that they're keeping the animation separate by all setting them in separate universes and not yep. setting them in mcu timeline but I feel like it's a matter of time until we do get an animated show set in the main MCU timeline. Then now it's just a matter of like, what could it be? Like, what would that show be that you would set in the main MCU timeline that eventually would have to end up showing up in live action? Deadpool. Um, oh my gosh. we never Donald Deadpool. Glover's yeah, Deadpool. Do- do- Donald Glover's Deadpool that we never got, but that test footage was flawless. I can't believe we never got that. But now, yeah, Deadpool would be really cool. I really, I think the idea of, uh, like, uh, like the like kid kid uh kid focused Marvel things. Because I know for a while there was rumors that Power Pack. I was gonna say yeah, gonna Power be Pack could be animated, good. but it, it seems like it's never happened. Or like, uh, there's been rumors lately of uh Pet Avengers, Pet Avengers being an animated show would be really cool. DC or, League of Super Pets, right? <laughs> Black Adam. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, I'm, I just can't get over the fact that The Rock is not letting go of that character no matter where he appears in, except for multiverses. He's not voicing him in multiverses. Or unless there's a skin that he voices that's like the movie skin. But um, yeah, I don't know. Just give me more animated stuff. I think animations, I think animation is the best, uh, what's the word? It's the best form of, of telling a story. Well, the best medium. Best medium, yeah. I think animation is the best medium because you can do whatever you want. You know, you don't got to worry about camera placements or you don't got to worry about this stuff. Like you can literally just do whatever you want. Like it's yeah. just drawn. It's, you know, it's modeled. It's, it's whatever. Um, I don't know though. I will say this is so off topic, but obviously Fortnite have had Marvel collabs in the past. I'm baffled we have yet to receive a Fortnite film or TV it's been, show. It, it's been in the, the Fortnite film's been in the works for I think, like a year or two now. I was gonna say I think Sony passed on making a Fortnite film. Someone picked it up though, because I remember seeing the news all about it that I mean there's going oh. to be a Fortnite film eventually. It's been, I was gonna it's say in development somewhere. Um, I'll look it up real quick. Uh, but no, just the 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 storytelling they've got in the world they've built is it's a bit like Five Nights at Freddy's. Obviously, that film's been in development hell for ages, but it's it's definitely a yeah, franchise that. But actually, that's getting that's picking it's up. Speeding up, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, here it is, right here. Uh, Fortnite movie is in development. Um to the point where Epic Games has poached numerous executives from Lucasfilm already. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, to expanding to film and television with a Fortnite movie already in discussion. All I will say is when that movie eventually comes out, it is going to make a stupid amount of money. Oh, yeah. That movie and if, will make they, so much money. If they do it right, yeah, I'm down. Well, I'm, I mean, I've seen it opening night. I don't even care. Like, if anybody who, like, actually has paid attention to, like, what is the, story, the story yeah. of Fortnite is and the lore, like, it's a pretty it's a pretty cool story that has to do with, like, the multiverse, basically. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I think it could be a really cool idea. We got uh, a live-action appearance of Gino. Gino. Geno. <laughs> Geno. Uh, Get the uh, Rock. Jonesy. God, uh, The Rock, yeah, playing the Foundation. We could get uh, all the, the Marvel characters just sh- showing up, dude. Imagine, dude, if they actually do that crossover stuff in the in the film, I would be mind blown because it has everything. I I feel like Fortnite's at the point now where it's like everything's in it. So like, if you do a movie, you gotta have, you gotta buy licenses for these these characters. Yeah to be able to use just even in the background i'm but... hoping i'll just say one last thing quickly i'm hoping this is just for now related the next season because it's been they've had the marvel comic running whilst this more relaxed season has been happening i hope it is law heavy uh next time around yeah I, yeah i think something's got to happen at the end of the season that's going to kickstart the the story moving forward because this has been the oh we beat the bad guys let's have a big party season so uh anyway start talking about Fortnite there at the end of the uh, mcu um podcast but uh yeah well no we'll start a we'll start a Fortnite podcast soon talk about the lore Woo-hoo. but uh yeah thanks so much for joining us guys 
uh, are, you can visit us at our website at thestreamer.com. All our socials will be in the bio if you want to go check those out and give it a follow. So yeah, that's the name of, that's what they're going to change the podcast name to. So yeah. <laughs> and I hope you all have a good one. Bye. Bye.